All right, good day, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live a Fuel show. So as usual, I'm uh, connecting with all types of new people. And for those of you who listen to the show for, God, seven years now, over 400 shows, I love geeking out about health, wellness, and fitness. Now, obviously, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle on Live the Fuel. And the gentleman I'm bringing on today is the latest guest co-host might understand a little bit about that. Actually, he and I were just riffing about uh, the, the power and the value of those who choose to serve in public service. And I, I, maybe that'll be an angle of today's show. We don't script the show, but man, I have some stories about lack of guidance when I served and in fire and the lack of programs or education to teach you what to put in your body so you can get the most value out of it. Um, so anyway, this gentleman, he's a certified wellness coach. I've had them on the show before. I've had, definitely had fitness experts on before. And he's a husband. He's a father. He's a former police officer. So again, there's that alignment. Heck, gym owner, competitive state-level bodybuilder. I mean, he might know a few things. So, <laughs> okay, we're talking about the powerlifting people. I mean, yes, I was a CrossFit trainer. Yes, there's Olympic lifting. There's powerlifting. There's all these different forms of being able to pick weights up and put them down. Uh, but also, this gentleman has a little story of weight loss in his history, too. And I think that's very powerful in the modern day right now. We have epic levels of diabetes and heart disease. And it's all because we did it to ourselves. So, without further ado... David Greenwald, sir. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Scott. It's a pleasure to be here. So, again, we don't script the show. But as I was giving your intro, I was like, you know, yeah, wait, maybe, maybe we start off on what you and I took away from serving in public service uh, and maybe align on the lack of proper knowledge and education. Uh, and here, I'll, I'll be the jerk from the get-go. Mm-hmm. My one client's office, I was there a few hours ago, uh, in their corporate suites of offices, uh, they, it's, it's interesting buildings. They have like mini warehouses attached to them. So every small business can have like a little storage area, you know, big roll up garage doors, everything else. If you have to do big business deliveries. So no joke, the local hospital network, um, and I'll shout them out, St. Luke's, they're a big name. Uh, they decided to I guess they have their own ambulance corps besides all the other outsourced ambulance corps. So now there's a St. Luke's van now backing into one of these garage bays next door to my client's office. So it's like, okay, so it's just a one-off. They're just renting one office suite and parking one van. And then whoever's on that van's crew are rotating it throughout the day, 24 hours a day, coming in, coming out, get on shifts, driving the ambulance. And today I saw three highly overweight professionals going in there. And for years, it's always kind of tripped my trigger. And I was like, you know, I'm not trying. Well, sometimes I could be a dick. But it's like, you know what? How are you going to save me? Maybe I should save myself. Now, are we starting a little polarized for you? Is that a little rough? I don't know. I'm just throwing out there because we had to go through a lot of weight management. And, I mean, dude, hiking 16 hours a day in the mountains when I was a wildland firefighter. You can't come into the season 40 pounds overweight let alone yeah. 100 pounds or more overweight. Uh, it's right. literally a detriment and a risk to your fellow crew members and your Chris. So what, what, how would you like to kick off on that? You know, when, uh, you know, I was a police officer for 10 years. And the reason I was a police officer for only 10 years is I had a fitness business that I'd never expected to take off, mm-hmm. um, that took off big. And um, my passion has always been fitness. I've been in, involved in fitness since I was a little kid. I mean, involved in the sense of being interested in it. Mm-hmm. When I was a little kid in grade school, I wanted the President's Council on Physical Fitness Award. I wanted that award. 
You know, I was like, nice. who cares? I wasn't a great athlete. I was like a B team, C team kid. But when it came to that, it was broad jump a certain distance. It was run a certain time in a short distance, throw a baseball, climb a rope, things like that. And I was like, man, that just sounds cool to me. And I wanted that award. So I remember those. Do they still do that program? I, I you know, I need to look and see because I still have my patch certificate in a in a lockbox somewhere because I was so proud to get that, you know. And I'm just wondering if, I, if we have failed our youth. I hope that program is still around, but we could be failing you our youth me. Right I, now. You prompted me. I'm going to take that as a homework assignment. I'm going to look because I do want to know. I'm with you. Yeah. I, I'd like to know. Oh, yeah, because as a kid, I was probably a C. Uh, you said ABC. I'm like, dude, I, right. I was one of those kids. I mean, I grew up on a farm, so I was working hard every oh, yeah. morning and every night and then going to school. So I really didn't want to do gym uh, and do the fitness tests. And then, like, I remember I sucked at running around the track. But I got into baseball, got into basketball, taught me to interact with other kids, also learned my limitations as health and fitness. But to your point, yeah. I remember that our upper echelon athletes, they were going for that. That program yeah. was like, you have to go for that. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Well, the, for, and for me, it was in the 70s. Yeah. So, you know, it was, uh, but but anyway, you know, with, with that being the case, I you know, stayed in fitness and anyway, police officer, 10 years. Why only 10 years? Well, I finally ended up taking a leave of absence and then ended up leaving the, uh, I was an Illinois state trooper and I ended up leaving because a fitness business that I had, not the one I have now, a different fitness business I had started, um, you know, really took off. But, you know, throughout that, I also, even when I was a police officer, I was super interested in fitness. I was uh, bodybuilding and powerlifting, even when I was a police officer. Um, as a police officer, I got as heavy as like 235 pounds as a power lifter and I'd get down to 175 pounds for a bodybuilding competition. Um, and then would kind of hang out somewhere in that 200 pound range to 210 range somewhere in there. And it just kind of varied. Wow. What's your height? Now five ten. Wow. I'm like, I'm just under six, four. And I think the heaviest I've been was two Oh five when I was a bouncer. Yeah. That's why I mean, I was probably like 22 back then. Uh, but that wasn't yeah. a healthy two Oh five. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was eating hot wings and drinking Guinness at the end of the night when you closed the bar down. It probably wasn't the smartest lifestyle choices, but I was 22. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I get it, and I'll tell the story on me. But to answer your question, is it is it polarizing? Well, you know, no. I mean, it. The way I look at it is to get on uh, the police department. I started as a city police officer, and then I went on became state trooper. Mm -hmm. Both of them required, you know, a physical fitness test. We had to pass tests to get on, mm -hmm. you know, and we tested, you know, five major areas of physical fitness, cardiorespiratory endurance, muscular strength, muscular endurance, body composition, and flexibility. We had, you know, tests we had to pass and there were certain thresholds, validated, studied, challenged, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And, but most departments, and they're still this way, once you're on, mm. you're on. And, Thank you. Let's pause on that real quick. Yeah people listening to this when you're on you're on meaning okay you, you, you made it in you're good and i'm like no now like the funny thing about my gig real quick you'll appreciate was i wasn't a full-time federal employee so I, was, I came in late in the game they called me old guy i was 31 they called me old guy at 31 at 31 yeah because again the, the basis of hot shots was it's all, all these star athletes coming out if you didn't go in the military you went here like if you're in the okay. western u.s uh or it's people coming out of college or they're former military right but every single season you had to do the pack test you had to do the pt analysis and i mean 
again, a lot of it is mental, but yeah, you, you got a 45 pound pack. You have a three mile hike. You have to do that in less than 45 minutes and you can't run. It's got to be a speed, consistent head down, pushing forward with your pack weight on go. And yeah. I always finish in the top three because I'm a hair competitive yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I trained for it. Like I actually, my first mountaineer backpack, I put sandbags in it. I went out onto an old rail line that like, now they call them rails to trails in all these different States. So it could bring like the bike paths and everything. Yep. And I just started hiking. I just sit, sit to watch and go. And that was training. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But well, you know once what? you're in, you're in. And I'm like, no, because I had to come yeah. back every season to retest. And then we right. would test throughout the season, too. Right. So, interesting. Why? It is. It is. And you know what? While I was on the state police, they did mostly do an annual recheck, okay. so to speak. But not a lot of departments did, and it's still a lower percentage that do than don't. And so it's it it I do find that very strange. You know, I can align with you on that because I have friends that are Pennsylvania State Troopers, and uh, like I was mentioning you before the show, one of the guys has definitely got a history of powerlifting. I mean, he's just a brick. You know, I mean, I, I don't see him running anybody down anytime yeah. soon. <laughs> <laughs> He'll probably pull the taser and drop them before they get a chance to get away from the car. Uh, but I will say, yeah. most of the state police that I see on the highway here in Pennsylvania are fit. I mean, they're, you know, I mean, if you subtract that, that vest look, um, they don't, they're, I think it's more local or city departments is what I've seen, at least here. Again, that's just a assumption. Right. I'm all going off from my observations and all my travels because I travel a lot. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't follow it closely enough anymore to know if that's true, you know, kind of across the board, but I, I definitely get the perception, but the perception as a whole, you know, for your listeners that may say, you know, I, you know, so these guys had to test and, and David was a police officer and he had to test and had the pass test to get on the department. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will think rightfully so. So why are so many people that I see on whatever department so heavy? Mm-hmm. They look so out of shape. They look like if they had to actually run someone down, it would be, could be tragic for them. You know, I mean, it doesn't look like it's going to go well. And, and that's justified. There's, there's a lot of that. Um, so, you know, why is that the case? Well, it, it gets, Unfortunately, it gets challenged in courts. Somebody wins. There's a lawsuit. There's, you know, something along those lines. Departments aren't as proactive as they should be in figuring out how to set it up in more of a positive way yes. rather than something that's a takeaway, you know, and so it can be done and departments are doing it. There are, there are departments that are progressive and I don't mean progressive, liberal, you know, conservative. I don't mean that progressive in, in their thinking mm-hmm. in that they're like, Hey, we we can figure this out. We can make this so that it's just, it's a positive. We take nothing away, but we want our officers checked. It's something that I've always uh, been, I, I've been concerned about because again, somebody, I only serve for a couple of years. You serve for 10 years. Well, there's police, fire, military, I have a high respect for all those who choose to serve Absolutely. public service. And then, yes, now granted, there is a personal accountability, right? We have to be personally accountable for what we're doing, how we're putting in, putting in. But to your point, and I'm going to generalize, but if these local cities, whatever, these police departments, fire, EMS, et cetera, if they're not putting the education in the forefront or at least requiring it or at least ex- as a basic expectation – well, then, yes, people can get lazy. And it's yeah. like, well, my home life is my home life. I'm like, well, no, 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 no. One, it's not helping your family either. If you're living that way, because, again, what, what I'm going down here, and I'm intrigued to see how you're going to respond, mm-hmm. is you've got Leanest Lifestyle University, right? That's that's a, a big part right. of your brand. And 
I geek out about this stuff because I said, you know, you don't need to be a fitness guru. You don't even have to have a gym membership. I actually, one of my former clients, he's been on the show many times. I mean, one of the earliest fitness experts. He was the trainer to the stars out in LA, Vinny Tortorich. Uh, he's founder of the trademark NSNG, no sugar, no grains, big part of my lifestyle choices. And again, whether you're vegan, vegetarian, doesn't matter. At least the NSNG thing totally aligns. So if you're not a big carnivore and you're a vegan, or like, he can at least still help you. Um, yeah. But his, his whole career was just, People are like, well, how do you get people ready for a movie? How'd they drop all that weight? He's just like, yeah, exercise is the fountain of youth. You got to move the body. But he's like, you don't fix the kitchen? What? I'm just spinning my wheels. I'm spinning yeah. your wheels at the same time. And I love right. that because yeah. if the officers aren't going home and being incentivized, and I'm not saying financially, incentivized to take that part seriously, then you get this age-old joke of, oh, you're a police officer? Were, were you at the Dunkin' Donuts today or whatever, donut shop or whatever? Yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. all right, let's, let's pull that crap out of the movies. Right, right. Right? Here's where we're going. Like, and all of a sudden, you're the junk food guy or whatever. And people are right. like, oh, well, I can't make it work on my lifestyle. Right. So I'm just intrigued because you have lifestyle in your brand. My show is, you know, health, business, and lifestyle. So right. I just want to have fun with that with you. And I was like, well, what are your thoughts on that little angle there about accountability? I think that if we're coming at it a couple different ways. From a department perspective, you know, obviously, like you said, unscripted, my thoughts go to leadership is incredibly important in companies, in police departments, in anything. Leadership's incredibly important. And we've got grocery stores here. I, you know, we live in Springfield, Illinois. Oh, we have grocery man. stores here. We've got six, eight, ten of them, whatever it is. And um, we can go into one. And we just did, uh, wife and I, just a couple of months in uh, central Florida to get out of the cold here. And so there's a grocery store down there. And so that, that comes to mind. Um, so grocery stores, they all have food mm -hmm. or ultra processed food. But let's just say it's they like, all have food. Yeah, right? I'm and I'm air quoting that quote. for the listeners, but on YouTube, yes. it'll be air quoting, but it's like, yeah. Exactly. No, food. we're both air quoting. <laughs> yeah. And because, um, uh, you know, I only say that just for the common vernacular, but I'm right there 100% with you. So they all have stuff that's similar in their in their four walls or whatever it is. But you go to one, we've got one here in town where you can have two people jaw jacking as you're checking out. And I can bag my own stuff, but they're jaw jacking right there. And it probably would be good if they came over to the end of the counter where I'm with someone who's check ringing me up in the rare instance, you get somebody to ring you up anymore these days, you know, instead of self-serve. Anyway, they're ringing me up, we're doing it. And we see them over there jaw jacking, and we're like, you could come over and bag the groceries for us. It's a, you know, part of the service. You kind of, kind of, sort of job. You're right. And so, <laughs> and they don't. And then also the checkout, you know, the person will be like, have a good one. Mm. I guess that's the new thank you. You know, have a good one. I just spent $300 on groceries and we get have a good one. Now, a yeah. different grocery yeah, store. I have really paid attention. That's a really good point. Right. Have a good one. I was okay. just at a grocery store yesterday and I totally got to have a good one. Have a good one. All right. Oh. I mean, it, hey, it's not bad, but it's like, okay. I mean, it's like, I, for me, I'm just... You know, me like, again. Thank, thank you for your patronage. Thank, thank you, you for thank you for coming and shopping at our store and paying my salary or my, right. my hourly wage. Yeah, and it can just be simple. You know, hey, thanks so much for coming in. Have a good day. All right, mm -hmm. awesome. That's all I need. Something simple. All right, but have a good one. All right, another store, another store. I don't know. Are we in a different planet? No, it's leadership. The other store, you do it. It is the thank you, 
it is a it is somebody bagging. If somebody's standing over on the side and they aren't busy doing something, they're immediately over there bagging. And we also got the I couldn't believe it. We got the Can I help you take this out to your car? Ooh, can I help nice. you take this out to your car? Wow. That's like 1970s or yeah. 60s or something. You know, I'm like, holy cow. David, literally, this is one of my very first jobs I ever had. I, when I was 15, I was like, I had to wear a white dress shirt with red suspenders and a red bow tie and yeah. black slacks. And I bagged the groceries. And then if an, someone of an aging population or a possible right. injury, whatever, right. we took that stuff to their car. So, yeah. A long well, time and, ago. And <laughs> where we were in Central Florida, wife and I are both over 55. We were in a 55 community. We're, we're absolutely fit. We did it all ourselves, but we still got offered. Hmm. And so, but beyond that, it was the back in, what's the difference? Leadership. What, what's the difference? They were trained a certain way. This is what we expect. This is our culture. This is how, so transferring that back over to police departments. There are, again, personal responsibility. I get that as a police officer, you're, you're going to hopefully feel some sense of that, but a lot of people aren't as naturally inclined to fitness and health as you and I and some other people that maybe I'm naturally inclined to it. I just am wired. I don't know why. I just, again, yep. something in my DNA, a lot of people aren't. If the culture of the police department is such where in a positive way, not a negative way, but in a positive way, it's we are fitness oriented. It's important. Here's the reasons. Here's the education, why this it's important. It's not just about what's best for the department, which of course it is, but it's best for you. It's best for the home. It's best for the family. It's best for all this. And this is a big thing. It's always going to be important as long as you're a police officer or a firefighter, whatever the deal is, whatever command leadership in this case, if they're all about it and it's done right, that just bleeds into every single person who's in the department. So how I feel about it is leadership is critical to creating an environment and a culture that can seep into, bleed into every fiber and, and cell of the, the police officer and the firefighter's body to help them to set the tone, to set the paradigms, to set the mindset to make those better choices. In the end, does the individual still have the responsibility? Yeah, they should. But each department, and if the department head, heads, brass, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. if they don't, then that's, that also gets represented. So I have to put it on to, of course, individuals, but I have to, at the, at a department level, look at it like that grocery store and say, wait a minute, two different stores, two incredibly different experiences. One reason it's not, these aren't different human beings it's working culture. there. Yeah. It's culture. These human beings are, are, are checking out and bagging groceries. These human beings are checking out and bagging groceries. Both are probably good, decent people. But it's the culture, it's their training, it's what's it's what's expected, and, um, and I, I, think I love where you went there uh, because I think there's a lack. I mean, again, we don't get into church, religion, politics, or anything else in this show. But I, I can, I think, I'm safe safe to say across the board, there's a lack of leadership in so many areas of the world today. It's not even funny. Uh, I mean, I could, I mean, I could just stick right here, state by state. You're in Illinois, Florida, and Pennsylvania. We could just talk about those three states. Doesn't matter. Right. The point here is that you're right. There is a cultural bleed that can be happening in a positive way or a negative way. Yes. And there's already too much negativity in the world as it is. So, right. and and serving as a police officer, which I can't speak to, but I've, I've again, I have literally, a, a, I was just texting an, an officer today because he's been working a credit card theft case for me from back in December. And I can't wait because I told him, like, dude, get your captain to talk to 
whatever, your PR people. And then as soon as we're allowed to talk about this, I want to blow that department up with a positive case study, podcast, everything else. I was like, I got portable equipment. I will come to you guys. I want to highlight you that, hey, look, everybody who thinks police are bad or whatever, I'm like, look yeah. at what they did. I mean, they've been working yeah. on this for months, and I, I love right. it. Uh, but he's that guy. He That's what we're talking about. He wants to change his culture. He's a fellow yeah. health and fitness guy. And he's like, man, he's like, maybe I'll have you guys, hey, maybe you could just talk to the leadership. And I'm like, I don't run like you. I don't have leanest lifestyle university. I'm just, oh, yeah. he's like, no, but Sky, he's like, you have the gift of gab and people yeah. listening to you. And I'm like, well, th thank you. But he's like, I don't understand why he, he's only been on this apartment for about a year. Okay. And he goes, yeah, nobody talks about health, fitness, other than, oh, your, bl your blood test requirements are coming up and yeah. and the insurances are getting more expensive. And I'm like, well, why do you think our insurances are getting more expensive? doesn't yeah. matter if you're a government employee or a regular consumer. It's right. These are all things that we have control over impacting and can bring down if yeah. we start taking accountability for where our knowledge base is at. And here's my thing. It's not like I need to have you come on or – Oh God, I have, I forget his name. He was a gut health expert because he was a power lifter, put all this weight on, would shred out for bodybuilding. And he would do this for years and then realized he was destroying his body. Uh, I'm sure you could talk to this. And it's like, yeah, that's probably not healthy. Like dropping 20, 30 pounds and throwing 30, 40 back on. And you're on this roller coaster ride and it screwed all of his gut health up. And it took him a couple of years to rebuild, but he healed himself. He healed the body. And it's like, okay, well, there's so many paths that a police department could take or an EMS department or just regular people listening to this show. And it's like a lot of my common responses are, well, where do I start? Yeah. And I was like, well, it's not in rocket science, guys. Like I'm not asking you to become a gut health expert. Now, granted, yeah. like you, I've always been inclined to health and fitness. It's a bit, I'm a bit of a geek. So I've everybody in my family, all overweight. Nobody looks like me, bro. <laughs> they mm -hmm. may be like, oh, well, you must have great genetics. It's like, no, genetics have nothing to do with it. Yeah, I'm sure there's a little bit depending mm -hmm. on the person. But with me, it was a lifestyle choice. It was a personal commitment. I don't live in the gym anymore. I'll be 46 this year. Yeah. I think I hit my gym twice this, this week. But I've been mm -hmm. outside all weekend running chainsaws and picking pieces of tree up and hiking them all over my property because I like to organize my firewood. But it's like, hey, outdoor workout, you know. So how do you get into that conversation? Because off of everything we're talking about here, it's like, I think a lot of police departments are guilty of this too, or regular consumers. Like, well, where do we start? There's so much. There's so, so much to digest. So we come at it, Linus Lifestyle University, <clears throat> even though fitness has been in my kind of personal DNA, what happened was I was one running a, uh, when I, was, when I was a state trooper, I started a, a little supplement company. And I thought if I can just make enough money to uh, pay for my own protein powder, mm -hmm. I'll be happy. If I can just make enough money to pay for my own protein powder, it's, I'll it's be happy. Like right, yeah. right. And so, you know, back, we, we call it a side hustle now, but it was just the <laughs> thing. There was, there was no internet. And so I placed little classified ads in the back of bodybuilding magazines, like Flex Magazine, Iron Man. Yeah. And it was a toll-free number. And I couldn't even answer the phone, Scott, because I was a police officer working. So oh, yeah. would have to call, they'd have to call and leave a message. Hey, Dude, I want to get some protein powder or whatever. All right. So what happened was that little business that I started in 1992 over a period of about five years grew into $5 million in revenue and 45 employees. Oh, is that all? Yeah. And so yeah, it did much better than I thought it would. 
And I thought, well, I'm finally paying for my own supplements. And so, you know, what happened was, though, we had tens of thousands of real customers through that company, and I was still a police officer. But what happened was the internet also started coming in, email started coming in, people started emailing me. They knew I researched it. I would have to go to a medical library in DeKalb, Illinois, Northern Illinois University, Northern Illinois University, photocopy research, bring it back to my office, write, you know, read it, highlight it, write about it. And I put out a monthly newsletter back then. Cool. Back then I would, oh, anyway, so they, people knew that I was researching and writing about, I, I wanted to, I, I always wanted to be the quote unquote truth teller. I wanted to set the record straight. I was that kind of a person and people knew that. So when email came, they'd be like, Hey Dave, and they knew I did powerlifting and bodybuilding and, and, and all that stuff. Wrote about nutrition, exercise, fitness, all of that for years. And so they'd say, hey, Dave, real quick, if you don't, I don't want to bother you. I don't want to be a pest or anything or cause you too much trouble. But if you get a moment, if you could just tell me how to lose 30 pounds and keep it off forever. You know, I like how at the end, I just tell us, oh, yeah, and keep it off forever. <laughs> and keep it off forever. You know, you know, I mean, no big deal. So, you, you know, I gave it the old college try. I did my best. I wanted to help these people. And I realized real quick you know, quickly that I was doing them a disservice by trying to throw it on the back of a napkin, you know, fortune cookie answers, that kind of thing. And I had so much in my head, I was like, okay. But what I, what I realized is that I wasn't passionate about supplements. I was passionate about fitness, but in help in trying to answer these questions with email coming in, I was so passionate about wanting to help people get from someplace typically heavier and less healthy to someplace leaner and healthier. And so I ended up, I, I wrote a book and it was, uh, it's almost, uh, you know, 500 pages and you, you probably just showed that picture of it, but it, it's this little, this little gem, you know, I say that's so, not a little gem, you know, right. it, it is, it, it, it has some thickness. I mean, that's, it does. Got, that's, that's definitely over an inch. I mean, we're probably, yeah. oh, probably yeah. about an inch and a half. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. But, that's solid. I'll, I'll screen share again, just cause it's, it's right on the main, again, ladies and gentlemen, just go to L lluniversity.com uh, and it's yeah. the first thing you'll see when the page loads. So. Right. So the thing is, is that the book ended up being almost 500 pages because I really wanted it to be comprehensive on nutrition, exercise, and a huge area, Scott, that's so at the time, I still don't know of a book in 1999 when I did my first edition that covered nutrition, exercise, and emotional fitness. Hmm. So as I kind of, you know, kind of get with you on this, is like this, this, the idea of personal responsibility. Trust me, back then, when I first started kind of doing this, I was 32. And then I, you know, I, I, I wrote the book and I was helping people at first. My thinking was, let's keep it simple. It's a caloric expenditure. It's a caloric balance thing. And then, you know, for a little while my head was, what is going on? Why aren't you able to do this? Why are you able to just make the caloric, you know, balance work? You know, what is going on? You're smart people. I see you're educated, you're physicians, you're, you're pilots, you're police officers, you're whoever, nurses, you whoever you are. You've got so many other things going right in your life. Why is this so difficult? And I really, you know, explored that path. And, you know, one of the huge elements is, you know, emotional fitness. And so what happens typically is it's only one of the elements, but when emotional fitness is not going well, when we're not able to manage life well, when we're not able to handle or feel like we can handle the stress and strife of life that's going on. Um, that's when we are quite often going to see the nutrition and exercise principles kind of just go off into the ditch. Mm -hmm. um, is I say it this way, and I don't mean it literally. I can teach anybody the basics of nutrition for health and fitness in about an hour. Sure. I can teach anyone the basics of exercise for health and fitness in about an hour. And I don't mean that literally, but just for the purposes of the example, it holds mostly true. 
So again, people, you know, if it's eat less, exercise more, um, calories in, calories out, why don't you do it? Why don't you do it? Why isn't it? Why aren't? Why do we have forty three percent obesity right now in adults? Why are we going to have fifty percent obesity in twenty thirty? Well, it's like the quote you shared with uh, my team when you when we got you all set up here. It's not willpower. It's it's why power that gets yeah. you to your goal, because everybody's got a bad day, bad week, bad month, heck, bad year. Right. Uh, I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. Some days you just that mental switch flips, and yeah. you just don't want to go do anything. The problem is, are you going to keep allowing that switch to get flipped? I mean, everybody's got a bad day. Dude, sometimes you got to take that, again, you know, R&R. &R. When I was firefighting, right? Couldn't wait for R&R. &R. Rest yeah. and recovery. But it right. wasn't just the physical. It was the mental. Yes. So I love how you call that emotional health, too, because now more than ever, there is such a massive increase in psychological uh, issues and and stress and yes. depression and again I have people in my family who suffer from it and I yeah. I made the old joke back in the day because I was an old gym rat I was like I never met an unhappy person in the gym mm. I mean every usually left semi smiling or ridiculously yeah. smiling because smiling because they're high on life and their serotonin yeah. level is through the roof because they just mm -hmm. had an epic workout you know yeah yeah. But, it, you know, no doubt. I mean, it's and they, obviously they have found a lot of people have, have seen, you know, the information on exercise, having certain kinds and right in amounts and, and intensity levels of exercise, having, you know, similar to uh, better effects as some antidepressant drugs and so on and mm -hmm. so on and so on. It's incredibly powerful on the mind. I, 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 I say all the time with regard to, you know, my students that the caloric burn of exercise to me is not the greatest benefit of exercise. The greatest benefit of exercise is the mental Absolutely. and fitness aspects of exercise. Yeah. Um, caloric burn, great. We'll take it. It's awesome. Um, but the mental and fitness aspects of exercise to me just far outweigh any of the benefits of the caloric burn, although it's great to have it. Well, that's what I've found too. I mean, again, I used to, not at your level, but I've done health and fitness in my life for years. I mean, yeah. when I was in the corporate life, uh, I've, became such a nut. I wasn't sure if I was going to become a professional trainer one day because I just loved it so much. Next thing you know, yeah. I'm going away on the weekends, getting certified in spinning instruction. Next thing you know, I'm running a 6 a.m. class like five days a week because I'm a cyclist too. So it's like, great, my legs are already warmed up for tonight's ride with the boys. And they hated it because like I was ripping the lid off. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm an endurance sports guy. So then, then you know, uh, firefighting, going out to Arizona, having a, a – uh, my my one squad boss was big into quote CrossFit, and I was like, "Yeah, what is CrossFit? This is 2010. Yeah. You know, yeah. it only been around for a couple of years, right?" And he taught me. He's like, "Well, that's just this new brand thing." He was smart enough to know. He's like, "It's functional fitness." He's like, "You're about to go do a very functional job, like hiking with a 30 pound chainsaw on your shoulder for 16 hours a day with 40 to 50 pounds of crap on your back, and you got to dig in the dirt while you're at it too." It's yeah. So, and it got a lot of what they did, just like the military, man. They broke you down for the first two weeks. It was critical training. We were doing two a days. Um, again, for people hearing that, two days just means two workouts a day. Uh, yeah. But a lot of that was to see where everybody's mental limits were at because they knew as we got into the fire season, the accumulated exhaustion, the accumulated stress on the body and the mind was going to build because you yeah. went all out for six months at, in wild and fire seasons. From, from, we, we ran from uh, April to September. You hit your two, uh, just under 2,000 hours, and you time out. The federal government doesn't want to pay you anymore because then they have to count you as a full-time employee and pay you benefits. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You're a seasonal monkey is what I called in my book. Yeah. Um, but that was the 
like everybody was strong, dude. Everybody, everybody busted their butts. Some were stronger than others. Yeah. But I noticed right off the bat, cause I was considered the old guy. There was a different emotional state and mental state. And I mean, we had people ranging from 18, you know, to, to 40 years old on my crew. So yeah. it was very interesting, like people watching that and studying it and, and just being aware of all of that. Uh, yeah. Cause it was such a dangerous job. So you had to, I was always keeping my head on a swivel with everybody around me because I knew my game was pretty dialed in only because I was considered older. So I already had a good 10 plus years that I put in my own work and I didn't know it was going to serve me so well until I went and did that job. And I'm yeah. like, Oh, thank God I did that work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the average yeah. person that you come across, no. right? Right. It's like no. you bring that up and like, what do you mean? What's emotional? What's the, uh, there's a great book, emotional intelligence. Yeah. Um, great book. Do people know about it? No. Usually. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to hear your point here. What is it with us as a species? I, I truly believe mankind, we want to, we want to do great things on this world. We want to do great things for our family. Like once you find your why it's there, but everybody finds it to be daunting. Everybody needs to say they have to have a purpose behind it. And that's why I go back to your quote, right? It's the why power. Yeah. But why is it that everybody waits until it's they're already in the negative? I'm not saying everybody. That's a pretty generalized statement. But like, oh, okay, now I'm already 100 pounds overweight. Oh, now I'm already on antidepressants. Oh, now I've got a cholesterol issue or a heart disease issue or a diet. You see where I'm going with this? And it's like, yeah. why are we letting ourselves, when we're capable of so much, go down that emotional, depressed path? How do we catch them sooner? How do we get them in line sooner to help themselves? It's a great question. I think that I think that part of the reason uh, I'll, I'll give this quote: "For every complex problem, there's an answer that is clear, simple, and wrong." And so, <laughs> since it's since a complex question, I, I'll try not to just turn it into one thing. You know, re, do a reductionist thing. That. But but I'll say this: I think that part of the answer is if you have worked with people at all in the addiction space, or you've worked, or you know someone, or you are, or whatever the case may be. It's not rational. So you go, because in my head, when I was 32, I was like, rational, what is going on here? Come on, guys. You know, it's quote, not that hard. Just, you know, come on, let's get the caloric dialed in. I've got the answer for you. We know how to eat better, da, da, da. Okay. One of the very first, I'm, I'm answering, I, I promise I'm answering the question. One of the very first people that completely changed my paradigm for one of the factors responsible for the uh, for what you're asking, mm -hmm. was a woman named Kay Shepard who wrote the book From the First Bite. She's a food addiction expert, oh. and uh, she's a food addict, and uh, she writes about it. She's very open about it. She has uh, actually an inpatient facility now. I think Kay, I don't want to put her, you know, Kay's got to be in her 70s, maybe early 80s now. Okay. So she, she's, you know, this she's is been at it for a while. Yeah. A long time. And she, this was 20 This was twenty some years ago when I first was getting into this. And I interviewed her. Now, back then, we didn't call them podcasts. But I would interview experts. I, this is no joke, Scott. I would interview experts. I would record them onto a cassette tape through my phone. And then I would put the, I would I have the cassette tapes duplicated and send them out to my members. So they got cassette tapes in the mail once a month. I remember, I, again, I'm, I'm not your age, but I'm not that far behind you. Right. And yeah, when I started getting into self-work, self-development, 
you know, initially it was like professional because I was a farm kid. I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna go make the big dollars. I got to find the professional path. So I, I fell into that route. I, I'm a big mindset guy. So yeah. I, I got to surround myself with knowledge. Yeah, in the beginning it was like, yeah, you did tapes, and then eventually right. became CDs. Right. And now it's all digital content. Digital, uh, right. And I, I still geek out to this day. I'm not just a podcaster. I'm a voracious consumer. Yeah. When I'm in my car, I travel a lot. I'm a, I do a lot of high end sales and marketing consultation from my my business, and. Last year, I did 35,000 miles just driving Boy. to go meet with CEIOs in, across Delaware, Pennsylvania, uh, upstate New York. It, I get around. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah I, so I call it Windshield University, man. There's yep. no excuse. That's how I wrote my book, dude. That Just yeah. a fun segue. People are like, how do you find time to do all these things? And I was like, do you understand how much time you waste in your car? Oh, my God. If people have a commuting co- corporate job, right? Yeah, people right. need help, right? Com- right? Corporate monkeys I used to be. Yep. Dude, Winchester University, even if it's only a 30-minute commute, that's the advantage. That's a, that's the advantage in 2023 here, man. Dude, yeah. just pause the book or pause the podcast. Or if somebody decided to take all your tapes and then republish them as, as digital content. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, I, I highly, highly love to promote Windshield University. So Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, it's just it's just a different medium now, but it's the same thing. And it's much more, e- it's easier now. It's more convenient. It's, oh my gosh, the things we can do now, it's unbelievable. But she really opened my eyes to understanding, you know, kind of what was going on here, that a lot of what was going on wasn't rational. And as I know, you're, you're super aware, you've had, you've had other guests on, um, ultra processed food is incredibly, oh. can be incredibly addictive. Oh yeah. So they, when they, we're looking they did that at in the lab on purpose. So exactly. One of the things that's going into why are people waiting? Why are people not making the changes that they may know? Some of them kind of know. A lot of people come to me and they're like, I know what to do. I just need to do it. I know what to do. I just need to do it. Most times that's not true. Most times when they say that, what they're saying is they're cons- they're saying the mechanical elements, nutrition and exercise. I know it's calories in, calories out. I know I need to eat a little better, a little healthier, a little less. I know I need to eat. I know I need to exercise a little more, a little better, a little more, you know, whatever. And I know that's the case. I know there's some kind of energy equation here. And I know that's what, you know, needs to happen. I just need to do it. They're missing at least four other pillars. And uh, unless they have that in our obesogenic environment, um, if there's someone who struggles, look, if you're someone to just put, if you're just someone that says, I'm going to lose 20 pounds and you lose 20 pounds, I'm not talking to you. Yeah. I'm not, you're not the one I'm talking to. Um, 99% of the time. That's a brief hiccup. I mean, it's like, okay, you can, you can crush out 10, 20 pounds, especially as a male. I mean, obviously there's different hormonal influences from male versus females. Again, I've been around the circuit for a while. So, uh, my wife complains about that from time to time. She's like, you just got to just, you just go into the gym and you come back out and all of a sudden you you look swole. I was like, yeah, cause the body's happy, but, and I'm lean. So things show up. It shows. It shows. Yeah. Uh, and again, now just as a fun segue though. The only time I counted a calorie in my life, because I, I, I don't fully align with the SECO method, but I, I mean, you have a lot more pillars you're going to hit on here, which is, I know is important, but sure. we were burning ten to 12,000 calories a day in wildland firefighting. Oh my gosh, yeah. I was like, oh, I, I, don't, I don't know what that means. Who does the math on that, right? Yeah, and so then yeah. we were just consuming. Like We had cargo, our fire-resistant pants had cargo pockets. We were just stuffing... I mean, it was garbage. I mean, again, this, sure. is, this is federal. The fire camps right. had skids, pallets of just cliff bars. You just, yeah. cram- I cannot eat another cliff bar in my entire life ever again. <laughs> yeah. But 
I mean, yeah, the fire lunches, the lunch meat, we called them meat wads because once they got all heated up in your pack, it just all kind of melt molded together. The bread, the cheese, the, it was just nasty. But I, what I know today, I wouldn't consume half of what I consumed back then. Yeah. Like I'm older now and I have zero joint pain because yeah. I, I personally cut excessive sugars out. Grains, all that processed garbage, manufactured foods, the things with the seed oils, very inflammatory. I have yeah. no joint pain. When I was firefighting at 31 and 32, I would go to bed, you know, on the forest floor every night. We always camped out and I would have throbbing legs. Yeah, we yeah. worked hard that day, but it was like, no, no, no. It, it was like it would, you'd wake up the next day and still yeah. have it. It still wasn't fun. It, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But these pills. It's, uh, so, so, you know, so, so what's going on? So, you know, so much is just take personal responsibility. Just buck up, man. Yeah. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and do this. Except that we are in this incredibly obesogenic environment. And by obesogenic, it's just, you know, your listeners probably know what it means. But it's, to me, it just means that all things external and internal that drive that drive the overconsumption of ultra-processed food, including the fact that ultra-processed food is addictive, which also drives the, the overconsumption of ultra-processed oh, food, yeah. which is also obesogenic. Um so all, all, all the things that do that, and, you know, our marketing, um, fast food restaurant number and, and locations, a convenience store number and locations, 24-7 access to everything, um, subsidies, on and on and on. And the social environments, yeah. the, the, uh, the things that we do when we're together, the things that are supposedly showing love, the things that are, you know, the things that we do when we mourn, when we celebrate, all of those things that are cultural, social, all of those things in totality are factors that... I look at and consider them obesogenic. So what people are unaware of, so many people are unaware of all of those factors in totality and in the incredible influence they have on our decisions if we're not very conscious, very aware, very educated on what's really going on and what the relationships are. And so one of the factors is addiction. One of the factors is addiction that goes beyond nutrition and exercise and if it is, if there is an addictive component, then it isn't going to be rational. It is not going to make sense. You're not going to make sense of it rationally by just saying, well, you know, if you're addicted to crack, just smoke a little less. You know, just take you know, this couple of hits and, and call it a good. No, if you're an alcoholic and you're the type that has to go zero, then zero is the number. And sometimes, you know, there's a saying. One of the things that I think is a big problem is we've got this moderation in all things message. Moderation mm -hmm. in all things. Moderation in all things. Well, it's moderation in all things, including moderation. And so, well, well said. Well said. Right. So sometimes zero is better than one. Now, I'm not pitching a message here. Oh, and, oh let me go back to that person that needs to lose 20 pounds. I want to make sure I'm clear. If someone needs to lose 20 pounds and they're struggling, I am talking to you. If someone has lost 20 pounds because they said to themselves, I'm going to lose 20 pounds, and they did, mm -hmm. and they just did it, I'm not talking to you. You have whatever you have. Congratulations. Awesome. You did what you did. Outstanding. I mean, seriously, yeah. congratulations. If you set your goal and your why was strong enough and you achieved it, great. Hopefully you did it in a healthy way because there's also right and wrong right. ways to go through weight That's loss. That's right. You know? My yeah. dad, when he quit smoking, he said, I'm not going to smoke anymore, and he was done. So if I was a, that kind of a coach, I'm not talking to my dad. Yeah. He just did it. All right. So I want to make sure I'm clear. It's the mess. My message is for the people who keep scratching their head, keep wondering what's wrong with them in quotes, mm. what's going on. There's not anything wrong with you. 
You're not deficient, defective, um, stupid, weak-willed. You're none of those things. You are unaware of all of the obesogenic factors that you need to be armed to, uh, to fight against. And then you need the right tools and support so that you can do that. You can't, it's hard to fight a foe if you don't know what it is. And you're well, like, especially well, the advanced foes we have today that you've already, you know, touched on. I mean, just yeah. manufactured food alone. I mean, I, I think I remember, I think Vinny released this whole like a uh, sugars list in his, like he has a guide he gives away. And I even didn't realize there's so many versions of sugar nowadays. Like there's yeah. thanks to the labs and the sugar alcohols, they can hide so many layers within a, an ingredient profile and not even have to put it on the nutritional grid because you have to be right. a certain percentage to even go in that grid. They can just hide it down in the paragraph below. And then next thing you yeah. know, the first four to five ingredients are in the paragraph. They're all forms of sugar. Well, once you add all those up, now you have a significant prevalence of an addictive trait you know, that's been manufactured against you. Back to your yeah. point, right? That's just one example. That's right. just the food. So quote, quote food. Right, right, right. <laughs> And so, you know, for me, I've adapted. So, all right, pillar, and I don't mean one and two with regard to priority, but a, a pillar, there's six pillars that we look at. Nutrition is one, exercise is one, why power is one, mm. why power driving willpower. People say, I don't have any willpower. Yes, you do. You've exhibited it in, in, I can't tell you how many ways. You have done other things that have taken a long time and that have been hard and that fit what, how I see willpower. My definition of willpower is doing what needs to be done when it needs to be done, whether you feel like it or not. Doing what needs to be done when it needs to be done, whether you feel like it or not. Everybody listening to this has done that. Yeah. You've got a job, you work for somebody else. You don't go to the job always when you're happy. You don't go to the job only when you feel good, when you're not sick. You go to the job after you cried for 30 minutes. You go to the job when the kids are sick. You go to the job when you had the argument with the spouse. You go to the job when you blah, 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 blah. And yeah. you go, not only do you go, you go on time. And you do it like no matter what. That's willpower. You've got kids. you got to pick them up from school. You're never late. You always pick them up. You never forget them. It's because the why is so incredibly strong for the job. The why is so incred incredibly strong on what you want for a relationship with your kids that you will do what needs to be done when it needs to be done, whether you feel like it or not. That same mindset, pillar number three, why power, has to apply in the weight management space. Again, remember who I'm talking to. I'm talking to the person who has struggled, the person who has yo-yoed, the person who lost 30, regained 40, the person who's been trying to get off 25, 50, 75, 150 pounds for 10 years, yeah. and they haven't done it. With that in mind, we've got to have a why that's incredibly strong. When we get that, with why power driving willpower, we're, we're setting ourselves up better for success, but we're not done. If we don't address compulsive overeating, the potential for addiction... That's what I'm talking about there. Triggered eating, compulsive overeating, all one and the same. We don't address the possibility that for you, moderation in all things may not work. Mm -hmm. For you, zero in certain instances with certain ultra-processed foods at certain times of day in certain situations may need to be zero. And again, it's not across the board. It's not a message of, well, I guess I never get to have anything that tastes good ever again. No, you know. But for you, it may need to be zero at certain times. And uh, Jack Canfield, author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Classic. Says this, and he says, and it relates perfectly to this. He says, 99% is a bitch, 100% is bliss. Nice. Sometimes, sometimes, not most of the time. I'm all about, let's avoid perfectionism. 
let's let's go for exceptional. Let's strive for exceptional excellence, not perfectionism, because perfectionism is a trap. It's going to totally set you up. I, I can't stand the word anymore. Everybody has right. to be. It's got to be perfect. I mean, there's no such thing. No, there's no such thing. It's like unrealistic expectations. It is. You're going to fail. You're going to fall down, and then you're going to feel bad. And it's just you set yourself up. So exceptional is what we're striving for. However, sometimes for certain again instances, and that message gets pitched again. Part of the whole message, the whole kind of top-down message that comes from government, EDU, Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, and, and all of the above and more is all things in moderation. You don't, ever, don't ever say no to anything. If you do, you're not living a lifestyle. If you do, you're orthorexic. If you do, you're on these. It's, it's ridiculous. They're not saying some people sometimes in certain situations, zero is better than one. And sometimes if that isn't addressed, you can have the other things I'll talk about here in place. And you're, you're still sunk and you go, I've got, I know nutrition. I know exercise. I got a hell of a why. Wait a minute. I'm still falling down here. Yeah. Because we still got a drug that's literally changing your brain. That's literally hijacked your brain. That's literally got you thinking, uh, in distorted ways. And you go, yeah, all the things that happens when we're addicted to something. All right. That's say pillar number four. All right. Pillar number five, all the emotional fitness things. If we're not, if we're not emotionally fit, if we're not strong with respect to how we manage life and the ability to manage the craziness that is life in healthy, productive ways, um, then it, that then it can fall apart. Sure. Um, if, if there's, you know. Dr. Viktor Frankl, author of Man's Search for Meaning, classic, concentration camp survivor, said, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And within that space, we all have the right, or the ability, I should say, to choose our response. And so for a lot of people, again, people I'm talking to, the people that have struggled and been trying to figure this out, when there's a stimulus, a lot of times it's response. Mm -hmm. Just what do you do? Escape. I need escape right now. I can't handle this. Life has fallen apart. I've gone catastrophic. It feels overwhelming. I've got to handle this. So I'm either going to drink or I'm going to eat or something's going to happen. And so when we're more emotionally fit, we feel more authentically good more often. We're better life managers. We can put that little, a little pause in there and a little space between the stimulus and the response. We can put that space in there we can make the better decision in the moment. And that's something that just comes with continued education, continued personal development, mm -hmm. um, making sure that we've got things like gratitude, sleep, connection, self-compassion, mindfulness. There's a great book that popped in my head, um, <clears throat> The Five Second Rule, Mel, Mel Robbins. Mel uh, Robbins, yeah. Yeah. That space you're talking about. Sometimes it, the average, some people, that's all they need. They just got to pause take a breath, you know, one, one to five seconds, just to allow your brain to catch up. Cause you're right. Yeah. So, yeah, we, allow it, we just jump to a, a thing and then it's not sustainable. Yeah. And we're not to your earlier point. We're not self-aware enough to realize right. that we keep making those mistakes. And that's where coaches come in and, and train, you know, people there, you know, in your corner to help right. you realize what, what am I missing is what you're right. what I'm hearing from you. So, yes. And, and one of the elements of emotional fitness is self-awareness. It's that it's when you have more self-awareness, when you are more conscious, what happens is 
you go catastrophic less, you don't go catastrophic. It's like, I had an argument with my spouse or my significant other or whatever. You go, oh, that's it. Well, I guess we're going to end up divorced. I'll be homeless, alone, living under a bridge, penniless. I, nobody will ever love me ever again. Whatever the thing is, I know I'm exaggerating, but I think it, your listeners will all get that we all do that to some extent. If yeah. something is really the thing that lights us up quick or something has, if something's become what we call a conditioned automated response, it's conditioned. It's like Pavlov's dogs. rings. He rang the bell and they would salivate. There are certain things for certain people in their lives, and it's 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 important to be aware of these things that have become conditioned and you have an automated response to them. That awareness is a part of emotional fitness. So emotional fitness as a whole is a fifth pillar. So the way I so the sixth pillar then is engagement of as needed, engagement of personal, professional, and spiritual support. Whatever you, whatever that is to you. You know, spiritual doesn't mean you have to be religious. Spiritual just means something that's um, just generally faith-based. I'm not. I'm not uh, religious. My my faith is is more. It's all happening perfectly, even though I don't understand why or why right now. You know, I'm just a human being. I'm not omnipotent, so I I don't know all that was, is, and will be. And I have humility that I'm not going to always be able to understand what the heck's going on here. So, but engagement. Again, who am I talking to? The person who's been struggling. Mm -hmm. If you've been struggling, you haven't figured it out yet. Again, there's nothing wrong with you. We've got an incredibly obesogenic environment. We need to have more, more and better education on proper nutrition, on exercise, but also why power. How do we develop the why? How do we make it so that it is fully developed? How do we make it so that it is driving every day, uh, you know, motivation? Mm -hmm. Slide over to what about compulsive uh, compulsive eating? What about triggers? What about potential addiction stuff? If we don't address that, it's you're going to look like. What happens is addiction makes really smart people look stupid. Yeah, I would agree. Addiction that. makes really strong people look weak. Addiction makes really rational people look really irrational. And until that's addressed, it stays that way. So we can. Um, and there's ways to do it so that it's the least painful, so that it's something you're like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Okay, it's I'm not giving up everything. I'm not having to say no to everything. This isn't about how much gets being taken away from me. No, if you address it that way, then you don't know what you're doing. Emotional fitness, we continue to develop that over time, so you just feel stronger. You know, as we say in, in this business that I've been doing online for 24 years, 30 years all in, but 24 years online, it's an inside-out job. It is. Yeah, We've got to develop that inside so that the so that the outside can change. Much deeper than just saying the word why. Yes, I totally it, agree with you. Yeah, and so all of these things, which are anything that I've mentioned, is always uh, really just the tip of the iceberg sticking out of the water that we see, right? Um, all the all the stuff that goes into it. How do we address this? That's all in the below the surface. The the deeper stuff. Um, this can be one. This can be one. If we try to oversimplify it, look again, you can tell you can tell five people in a hundred, dude, just eat less and exercise more. And five out of a hundred will be like, okay. And they'll do it. And that, those five might be also self-aware enough to do some of their own research, read up on it's not just obviously again, eating less is a very generalized statement. It's like, oh, maybe right, right. cutting all the bad stuff out. Right. And then making sure you're putting nutrient dense whole foods back in, yes. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, right. If you don't have sourcing uh, dialed in, right, then look at supplementation, right? All of that. But again, right. 
the average person doesn't have that what you're talking about, that mental focus, that that dialed in I don't know. It sounds like you and I are definitely uh, cut from some of the similar cloths. I, I, I flip a switch, I'm in. Done. Lock, yeah. and, lock and load. What I've got to research, what I've got to study, I'll figure it out. You know, yeah. If I can't figure it out, then I'll start reaching out to the coaches, the influencers, the people that I know. I will, I will track them down to get the information. Yeah. But I'm also very self-motivated. So yeah. I've always been that way. And, you know, the, and the thing is, is that each of us has our thing. And each of us has our thing that needs work. And so for, you know, for anybody listening, I'm always in amazement at what my clients can do in their life and do in their life. Holy crap. Hmm. You're, you do this for a living. Wow. Holy crap. You know, you were a firefighter in the, in the major, you know, fires out in the West and you did Holy crap. That's unbelievable. That's my mind. I'm in awe of the yeah, you, you served in a job where you can get shot to death. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. uh, my buddies who were in military same way. I was like, man, yeah, but you caught fire. I'm like, yes, I can't get shot. I yeah. was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. T- I'll take Mother Nature. And then they're like, no, you're the crazy one. But yeah, right. everybody's got these. I mean, just somebody who goes and works in a grocery store, the level of customer service you have to have and the day in and day out. Like, I never poo poo any job. I'm like, dude, no, no, no. Everybody's it, got But I'm just strengths. saying that it's like you and I got this. You know, but there are other things that I'm not the best at, mm-hmm. you know, and there's things that I have to work on in my, in my personal life where it's like, I need a coach, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to the business side of things, I know marketing is marketing is incredibly important and you need it. And it needs to be a, you know, a seven day a week thing and blah, blah, blah. But it's not something I enjoy doing. Yeah, it's not something that, yeah, it's not something that comes natural to me from that perspective. I'd rather work in my business and develop the tools and be working with people in the trenches. And that's great. But if you don't have the marketing, then you don't get to do that other stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the fitness side comes more natural to me. Some of the other things I have to work at, I hire coaches, I reach out, I seek the services. I read the books on that because that's a, that's a weakness for me. I have a new business coach now. I'm on my third one now over 10, 15 years because eventually sure. you you tap them out and then right. it's, it's time to change up, like level up. Okay, great. They got me to a whole new level. It was sustained now, proven. Okay, maybe sometimes you got to shake that up too. That's that's yeah. great for what you guys do. It's like, I'm sure you probably have had people just, they've locked, they've loaded, they've followed everything that you're supposed to do. They've learned and, and maybe it's five, 10 years later and they're good now. You can like, hey, it's like, it's like letting that bird fly free. You got everything you need. <laughs> It's a, it's a great way to say it. What, what I say is, you know, the research, and I'll back it up with 30 years in it. The research says on obesity, obesity is a chronic relapsing condition. My goal with, for my students is to kill the, the relapsing part. There you go. I can't kill the chronic. Like it's, I don't mean like it, you're going to be obese chronically. I mean, like there's going to have to be some consciousness. There's going to have to be some continued effort. It's not the same effort in maintenance as it was when you were in the early stages of action, when everything was front brain, nothing was subconscious. It was all like, oh my God, I'm learning new, I'm learning new. No, once you've been doing it for a few years and you're, you've are you been at maintenance for a few years, it gets easier and easier and easier and easier. Like like anything that you, you've done well you know, um, for a number of years. But what, what I say is with that in mind and the fact that it can take years to really have it become a part of your, uh, your psyche and your day-to-day, uh, a good teacher is someone who makes himself progressively unnecessary. Yes. So that's my goal. My goal is to be able to get to the point in time when it's appropriate for whoever the student is and whatever their whatever their uh, individuality is, 
to get to the point where I can say just what you said, fly, birdie, fly. Well, again, not to, not to simplify your six pillars, but after people go through a whole curriculum and a program and, and, and have all the guidance, uh, yes, what you're not saying I'm going to cure your chronic addiction issues. No, right. you're now aware, you're self-aware. Now you know about it, you understand yeah. it, you know how to work through it. And that's yeah. one, one of the reasons why one of the longest standing programs out there for, for addiction is AA. I got yes. two friends of my wife's husband and wife. They met in AA. They've been married for years now. They've been uh, sober for 20 years. They recognized that they had an addictive issue years ago. And yes. they said, nope. And they stay, they're, they're still doing that. I'm like, yeah, but I feel like you have all this time. And they're like, no, for us, we realize, no, we got to stay in it. We got to keep yeah. following the program. And that's for them. But they're aware of that. Like yes. the one's a lawyer, the one's an entrepreneur. They're both very successful yes. people. Right. They know that they have to go to AA. They have to follow that curriculum. That's just something they can't grow beyond. They need yeah. that that comfort and that structure. So yeah, mm. and that, that that continued support because uh, you know in some of these in some of these areas, the draw, uh, the lure is always potentially there. Yeah. It does get quieter. Sometimes it goes seemingly completely quiet where we don't feel it, you know, anymore. But like you said, the people that have that self-awareness and and I'll say this, and the respect for what it is. Because you know, I say to my clients, in this space, in the obesity space, respectful fear, good. And I don't mean like I don't want you cowering in a corner with a laundry basket no. over your head sucking your thumb. But respectful fear, good. I have I'll have somebody that they They've lost uh, 60 pounds. So they'll be like, coach, I'll tell you, I feel great. I can't believe it, but I'm so nervous about regaining the weight. I go, good. I don't want you terrified. No. And we're going to continue to build that confidence. But for now, I want you to have respectful fear. So I say respectful fear, good. Confidence matched with humility, good. Okay. Be confident. Have it matched with humility. All right. And then I'll say cocky, very bad. <laughs> and so, you know, with your friends, they have the first two. Your friends that you were just talking about, yep. the AA friends, yep. they have the first two. They don't have the third. They're not cocky. Yeah. And so, as I say, cocky, very bad. When it comes to this space, respectful, fear, good, confidence matched with humility, good, cocky, very bad. Yeah. And so, um, it's good, it, it's good, it's good to have that. It just, you just made me think of that because you were just talking about your friends. I like that. Being... I was actually adding those notes here cause I want to use them in our, our show notes because I think, you know, respectful fear, confidence, match humility and cocky, very bad. I like yeah. how simple that is. And back mm -hmm. to your earlier point in the show, like sometimes simplicity is needed, like keep, yeah. it, keep it lean, keep it simple. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So no, we just try to meet and we try to meet our, our clients where they are. Like if somebody comes to me, you know, I, I owned a uh, I owned a large CrossFit competition for about seven years, Scott. Oh, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Festivus Games, but I owned that for seven years. And you so, were Festivus? I used to yeah. run one of those. Uh, well, I'm here in Allentown, Pennsylvania, but I used to be a trainer and a coach at a, my friend's facility in Bethlehem for years. And yep. uh, yeah, we ran a festival. Actually, I remember because I I still to this day judge events because all, all my friends own gyms. So. Yeah. Uh, but I just built my own in my in my new pole barn at my house here. So I was like, well, I, I have my own. But uh, yeah, the Festivus was popular for a while. Yeah, yeah. it's still rocking and rolling. Um, uh, we sold it in April of uh, 22, and the new owners rocking and rolling, putting um, 15, 20,000 athletes through it, you yeah. know, a year. And and um, it's one of the earliest events I ever judged. That's kind of it's a small world. That's funny. 
It is small. Yeah. yeah. No, but no, it's, it's, uh, but, but it's a lot of fun. And, and, uh, I don't remember why 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 I mentioned that, but uh, there was there was some some purpose to it. But it doesn't it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, I, I think it's funny because I can I can align with everything you you and I talked to on today's show. Uh, as we're c- coming to the end of the show here, yeah. you can you can transplant that into the CrossFit world. Like a lot of people think, oh, I can never go do that, right? And like, well, it, it's just functional fitness. CrossFit's just a brand, okay? Like, yeah. go look there. And you, my my friend's gym, uh, five minutes from here, my wife goes to. Dude, there's people from all walks of life. Not everybody wants to go compete in the CrossFit games, you know? Right. Uh, but some, like the Festivus, those games, a lot of people like, eventually you want to see where you're at, you know? It's like yeah. a little test. And yeah. maybe it builds some confidence. Maybe yeah. it keeps you anchored more in what you've learned nutritionally and yeah. physically, et cetera. So some people need that. Um, I was and kind some of- Some people a, just want to, it's just, it's some, it's, it, it can be just fun. I mean, it just, and, and I always say it this way, this isn't to promote Festivus Games. It, 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 it's a fine thing. And, you know, it's Festivus Games, feats of strength for the rest of us. You know, that's yeah. the, that was the tagline. You know, it was a, obviously a play on Seinfeld's Festivus for the rest of us. It's classic, yeah. It I, is. I, so, um, but the thing is, is that it can also give you something to give your training purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are like, man, every time I train, it's always just to lose weight, burn calories, lose weight, burn calories. Okay, but ideally, if we can give our training purpose beyond that, give it something, some deeper meaning, give it something where we feel like we're doing something mm-hmm. for for even more purposes than just caloric burn and, and all that, then it's just, a, it's just a better thing. Whether we're doing it because we're, you know, we're a part of a charity or it's because yeah. we're part of a, a social group or... Yeah, we- I'm a big OCR guy, uh, Tough Mudder, Spartans, all that. I mean, when I was coaching years ago, I would say, hey, guys, it, just because you don't want to do the games, why don't we put together a group event, go do a Tough Mudder together, yeah. right? So if, if if people, sometimes they just need something to train for. It's, so they got yeah. the why dollar in, but like, what's that new goal? It doesn't right. have to be huge, but just something no. to set your sights on. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, as we say, if we're looking, for, if you're looking for an argument, we'll have to change subjects. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well, yeah. well, listen, we, we've had an epic show today. Uh, I knew you and I would just geek out and, and align <laughs> on a lot of things. And I'm definitely using those respectful fear, confidence, match, humility, and cocky very bad. That's fun. Uh, and thank you for sharing the six pillars. I think it's important yeah. for people to understand that we're not trying to make it complicated, but it's important people to understand that it's not just as simple as, oh, I'll just, I'll just fix the kitchen or I'll just fix this or I'll just fix right. that. Just. It's a formula. Yes. And we're not trying to make it complicated, but it's, nope. I think it's a big thing of awareness, especially now right. more than ever. If this was 50 years ago, maybe we didn't need all six pillars, uh, but it's not 50 years ago. Right. There's so many boosted levels of negative uh, influence on us, whether it be yes. manufactured processed garbage or the psychological strains or the excessive yes. d- digital life triggering. Yes. All of this stuff is at a whole different level nowadays. So It is. Um, but, but listen, my guest co-hosts, I always ask them to kind of help bring the show to a close. So the way I do this is because you've been at it for a while. So I know you got something for us <laughs> is uh, now that I've been podcasting this long, I wrote the book and started a charity. It, it really awakened the term legacy in my yeah. mind, in my spirit. So it's like, you know, you've been at it for a while. I, I obviously I already talked about LLUniversity.com. People go check that out. But like, if you could sum things up right now, where you're at with what you've attained and the amount of people you've been able to influence, what would be an all encompassing message you'd like to leave behind for the audience? Is, is there, is there a legacy uh, that you're already working on now, actually, thanks to all your career success? Uh, but what would you like to leave behind for them? 
uh, honestly, it's the reason I transitioned out of supplements. Okay. You know, I sold a supplement company and I went all in on LLU because I started thinking about what were the what were the positive things that people were saying about me and to me with regard to the supplements. Hey, thanks for the great prices, the fast shipping, the protein that helped me get ready for the thing, the whatever the thing was. Mm-hmm. And I went, I literally went, this was back in 97, 98. I went, I have got so much more in me than that. And on the back of my tombstone, I don't want thanks for the fast shipping. Thanks for the, you know, the low prices. Thanks for that. I said, I want to really have done everything I can to help people transform, truly transform from the inside out and have their lives be bettered, not just physically, but emotionally, mentally, spiritually in ways that transcend not only their life, but that they can then share with and help the next generation and the next generation and the next. So, um, and so that's why I'm so passionate about making sure people understand what they're facing, what's going on, because I want them to win. I really want them to win Mm. and they can, if they have the information and the support and the system. Um, so I, I, I mean, that's not really a pretty simple, you know, answer, but it really is all about helping people to be their best selves and have that transcend. I've got grandkids now, Scott. So I <laughs> see my kids with their kids. Yeah. And we were just there this weekend. We were in Dallas visiting and seeing the grandkids. I can't tell you how, how important it is and how special it is for me to see, you know, the influence. Well, there, can... there's the epitome of legacy, right? Yes. You're just, that's just through your own bloodline. It but, is. I mean, um, that, but that can totally reflect in the outer world through friends, c- clients, et cetera. Yeah. That was yeah. the point of the question. It's not about getting a simple answer. Yeah. It was really more of, I like, that's what I, I've interviewed so many entrepreneurs over the years and doctors and PhDs and everything else. And I realized this was just a fun question that was, it just came out of me and it became a regular part of the show because I always, int- I'm always intrigued to see how people are going to answer. And yeah. it's fun to see that I think each of us, throughout life will eventually reach that point in our lives where I hope yeah. is okay. What is a legacy I'm leaving behind on this planet or in this universe? Right. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's something that is above and beyond just us. And then it helps people realize that we're, you know, we're, we're a cog in the system or a gear or a tooth on the gear, whatever you want to refer to that right. as, but there is a process, you know, eventually we will pass on. Hopefully yeah. there's something like you said, you know, not, not all business on my tombstone. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 You know, right. Uh, and, and something that's truly inspirational and, and yeah. motivates other people to do better with their own lives as we proceed down that path. So, yeah. Yeah. Well said. I appreciate Thank that. Thank you. Listen. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Absolutely. Hang tight. I'm going to give you a proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, again, if you vibed with David today, and obviously you're always going to vibe with me because it's my show, but obviously mm-hmm. check him out. Okay. Remember lluniversity.com and you get to learn all about him in much more depth, obviously much more from the show today. Definitely check out the nice, thick, heavy book. It, it is a winner, the leanest lifestyle. And remember, you know, we're here to fuel your health, your business and your lifestyle. David helped us do that today. So remember you too can live the fuel and we'll talk to you guys again soon.